0: One, two, three, four. Monster movie.
1: Fun time, go! Monster movie. Fun
0: time, go. Monster
1: movie. Fun time, go! Monster, Monster
0: movie. movie. Fun time, go! With Precious D and Honey Fun time, go!
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to 31 Days of Horror. Day number 23. My very special guest today is Billy Pawn. Bloody Bill, welcome back to the show, Bill. Is this not Domino's Pizza? It is not, no.
0: Oh, dog got it. Well, hey, Dominic, it's good to hear you. I must have dialed the wrong number, buddy. What's going on? What are we doing
1: here tonight? (laughs) Uh, We're talking about a movie that you wanted to talk about. (laughs) And I just want to make that clear (laughs) to our dear listeners up front that it was not my choice to inflict this movie upon you. Mm -hmm. If you care to watch the movie before listening to the podcast, I urge you to rethink your life choices That led you to this. But if you still want to go on and watch it, it is on Amazon Prime. And the name of the movie is The Greasy Strangler from 2016, directed by Jim Hosking. It is 93 minutes. It's in color. I don't have a budget, but the box office is $45,878. I can't imagine the budget was very high.
0: No. No. (laughs) <laughs> but that, that's it, This is a, an Academy and Warwin movie. What? When my messed up mind, I'm just saying, I know what the first thing to say is I sent it to you. Cause I wanted to send something out of the box that I stumbled on being an indie film and uh, people first watch it, it. You know, it's, it's like, that's the reaction they get. But yeah. to me is it's like the, the father son relationship and all this kind of stuff. It, it had a lot of like, heart in with the dirtiness <laughs> And the screwballness, but uh, it just boy it hit home to me and made me sad as far as you know my relationship with my dad and stuff like that. So it just always stuck with me, you know. Okay. And it's one of those movies that's like gravy, you know, that sticks to your ribs. And it's like it was special to me, kind of like not as good now as Turbo Kid, you know. I like Jersey, Turbo, Turbo
1: Kid. Kid. Turbo Kid. I enjoyed Turbo Kid very much.
0: But the thing is, the heart, Dominic. It's like that's where all these movies miss these days: big box office indie films. You know, shorts from Joe Blow, it's just all the same. They just missed the heart. And a movie to be that screwed up, like the Greasy Stringer, it had a huge damn heart. And it just, it just, it really stuck with me.
1: Uh, okay. I liked Turbo Kid.
0: Yeah, great movie.
1: I love a- cheap 80s sci-fi movies. And I thought I would never see a new one. And then Turbo yeah. Kid came out.
0: He had that whole, uh, Was it, John, John Claude Dog. I haven't even said his name in hundred years. He did Cyborg, remember in the 80s yeah like that that's what it mm-hmm. it did that but you had me with a uh, that character apple in turbo kid was like that was the heart of the movie that and the you know the boy um it was just it was a wonderful movie with big heart you know and i don't mm-hmm. think greasy stranger was as touching but i think it was uh definitely half hard just for the uh i think the director might have been you know had some issues growing up and stuff like that and it just i think he pulled him in a
1: comedy I think that absolutely must be the case. Only someone with issues would have made this movie. A Healthy Mind late. did not create this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me give a couple of names here. Michael St. Michaels is Big Ronnie. Sky Elobar Big Ronnie. is Big Braden. Everybody in the movie is called Big Whoever.
0: Big, yeah.
1: Elizabeth Durazzo is Janet. She's the only one in this movie you might have seen in anything. Really? She was in Eastbound really and sure.
0: Down, which so I have not really, I've I
1: not really watched, but I have heard of.
0: Yeah, she was in that.
1: Gil Jex is Big Paul, or possibly Gil Gex is Big Paul. <laughs> Joe David Walters as Oinker, <laughs> Sam <laughs> Disanyaki as Indian tourist. Abdullaye Ngom as Senegalese tourist, Holland McFallister as Scandinavian tourist, Mel Cole as hot dog vendor, Carl Solomon as Danny the crooner, Sal Kusa as Ricky Pickles, Dana Haas <laughs> as Big, Big Heiney, Jesse Keane as Big Thaddeus, John Huon as hot dog mourner, and Matthew Huon as hot dog mourner. They must be brothers, I would guess. I'm going to quote... A review from Letterboxd from user Andrew okay. Jupin. It's like Napoleon Dynamite, The Room Swamp Thing, and Todd Solons beat each other to death inside a Tim and Eric sketch, all set to a soundtrack from a Dan Deacon copycat. I don't know who Dan Deacon is, but I just now listened to a few seconds of his music, and yes, I agree.
0: Yes, is what it is. That little t- It's like somebody had a Casio keyboard.
1: It also uh-huh. reminded me of Napoleon Dynamite, but not in a good way.
0: But in an X-rated way.
1: Yeah. It has yeah. the same yeah. deadpan, yes. Yes. Um, low energy yes. delivery yes. from everyone that Napoleon Dynamite has. <laughs> I'm, we're going to go through the plot. And Billy, you just okay. speak, up, speak up when any of it okay. triggers anything in your diseased mind. It, just
0: ma- it makes me smile, buddy. It makes me happy.
1: Big Ronnie, a pathological liar who fabricates stories about disco groups like the Bee Gees, runs a disco-themed walking location tour in his town alongside his son, Big Braden, who aspires to be a space fantasy author. This is the summary from Wikipedia, as always. Thank you, Wikipedia. Ronnie allows Braden to live with him on the condition that Braden prepares excessively greasy food for him. Ronnie asserts that Braden drove his mother away, though truthfully she left Ronnie for a man named Ricky Pickles. At night, Ronnie completely covers himself in grease and strangles residents of the town, soon becoming dubbed the Greasy Strangler. After his killings, he cleans himself of the grease by standing in a car wash run by a blind man named Big Paul. And during these cleaning scenes, we get our first glimpse of the first prosthetic penis in this
0: movie. It didn't taste fake. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> uh,
1: There are two prosthetic penises in this film one of them is meant to be comically large and the other is meant to be comically small yeah they, uh, the father's got a big one the son's got a small one
0: so he's not really big braided, like i didn't understand
1: no so it, he's, he's this uh the car wash is run by blind name blind man named big paul so big paul thinks he's bringing his car to wash right. he doesn't realize he's running himself through. Naked uh, to get the grease off. They get beat by the, the brushes and the washes and stuff. Uh, and apparently the grease was actually tapioca pudding.
0: Oh, is that what it was? For real. Yeah. I, during I didn't
1: know that. one of the <laughs> during one of the walking tours, Braden meets a woman named Janet and they begin a romantic relationship. One night, Ronnie strangles a hot dog vendor he has got had gotten into an argument with earlier, causing his eyes to pop out of his head, which Ronnie cooks and eats. Deep
0: fries and he flowers them and <laughs>
1: Yeah. One night, Brayden and Janet have sex. Ronnie attempts to seduce her the next morning before he kills Oinker, Brayden's best friend. He later takes Janet out to a discotheque, threatening to evict Brayden if he does not allow him to. There, Ronnie attempts to kiss Janet, but she resists, saying that she may be in love with Brayden. Later, Ronnie has sex with Janet. That's quite a jump there, but that's basically what happens. it's 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 as connected as those two sentences.
0: But remember, though, Big Ronnie was a big smoothie. Remember? He's a big smoothie. I, with I those. guess. Apparently. Right, yeah, He's a big worked. smoothie.
1: They mock Brayden when he runs out of the house in despair. This later leads to a heated argument between Ronnie and Braden. One night, Braden professes his love to Janet. Ronnie overhears this before going to the car wash to strangle and decapitate Paul.
0: Which I this sad because that wasn't
1: she's uh, She's switched once and just telling her he loves her makes her switch back. Mm -hmm. So she likes Brayden again. The next morning, Brayden calls a detective named Jody and reports that Ronnie may be the greasy strangler. Jody, who is actually Ronnie in disguise, visits the house the next day, and Brayden and Janet show him a spot of oil left behind on the carpet as evidence that Ronnie is the greasy strangler. Jody concludes that the oil is meaningless circumstantial evidence and demands that they end all inquiries about Ronnie having committed the murders. That night, Janet declares her mutual love for Brayden, and they decide to get married. Ronnie, hiding under the bed, reveals himself, claiming Janet as his lover and evicting Brayden. Janet replies that Brayden can live with her. Ronnie covers himself in grease, slaps Brayden, and drags Janet out of the house with him. Brayden covers himself in grease as well, and follows the two to a movie theater where Ronnie is strangling Janet. And then, did Billy, did you think he was going to rescue her? Did you assume? This yeah, was I going to be he, a standard...
0: I, no, I thought he was going to fight his dad, and it was going yeah. to be a off. Yeah, I right. And the, yeah.
1: But no, but no. Brayden strangles her instead. Ronnie sees him and then just kind of steps aside and sort of gestures, go ahead, and, and he, he strangles her. Her eyes pop out of her head, which both he and Ronnie consume.
0: Yep, yeah, they share each other
1: The next day on a beach, Ronnie reveals that he cares for Brayden despite his annoyance with him. They bond over yeah. in hindsight. They're disgusted with Janet. I don't think they're actually, I think this is just a bunch of sour grapeism. I don't think they were actually disgusted by Janet. They're just making excuses right. now.
0: A- making excuses. Because they're bullshit artists. Yeah.
1: That's right. The, uh, apparently, that scene originally, this movie was originally two hours and 15 minutes. And most of it was just existing scenes being longer, including the bullshit artist scene. Yes. Well, what it <laughs> was? Tell scene... me what
0: the thing meant with the things of them getting shot.
1: Oh God! Yeah, let me get to that. They cover themselves in grease and head to a forest where they murder Ricky Pickles. Yeah, Brayden just says, "Let's go kill Ricky Pickles." Then they witness themselves being executed by firing squad, watching as confetti and champagne explode from their heads. So there's they they're naked in the forest and they're up on a little rise and they looking down they see themselves strapped to posts in the ground wearing underwear instead of being naked like they actually are yeah that part they see these three old guys two of them with guns and one does he have a sword he's like you know giving the order to shoot and they shoot them and then their heads explode and, and they're like little poppers little champagne poppers confetti but it's and it's green. Yeah they yeah. venture deeper into the forest still covered in grease and primarily shake hand. wooden spears at the camera I did not understand I can't explain this ending I cannot explain this ending to you some things are
0: so great that they don't need to be understood well the
1: thing is the the movie up until that point I hesitate to say realistic but it has been set in a I mean it's a very weird world but there's nothing supernatural or surreal or unearthly happening yeah. Up until this point, when it right. very it's suddenly totally yeah. just goes off into dream world, and they see yeah. themselves being shot. So I don't, I don't know what the fuck that's about. It feels like he didn't know how to end it. I just don't know. One of the producers of this movie was Elijah Wood. No, well, he's
0: into the horror stuff now.
1: Well, he produced Cooties, which he is yeah. in.
0: Maniac was was he in Maniac? He was in Mani- the new Maniac redo. He's running a horror company now, and one called Daddy.
1: He's doing well, a bunch know, of them, Dominic. I know both he and Daniel Radcliffe are just so well off from the films they made that they can now just do whatever they do want.
0: Do what they want to do, yeah. Maybe I'm getting him confused with Radcliffe, too. Are they not the same person, Dominic? They need one to play was brothers. Father, one was, they do need to.
1: They, or, or what might be more interesting, not brothers, but a case of mistaken identity kind of thing. Where somebody wants to kill one of them, but is hunting the other one by mistake. (laughs) I think that would be fun and interesting. Yeah. But both of them can just do... They don't need to worry about how much it pays or if it's going to make money or anything like that. Right, right, right. All they have to worry about is, is this interesting to me? Does this look fun? Does this look interesting? Is this something I want to spend my time doing? And that must be a great place to be. It
0: must be. Life. I know I've I've done a lot of, you know, horror conventions as a guest. And I'm just missing these guys. Like every time I go one, they were at the last one or they're at the one after or the one I'm going to or that I was invited to. I'm hoping to see those guys and really been there. Um, right. That Michael St. Michael or uh, Michael St. Hubbard or whatever. Me, that dude, man, I love <laughs> Big Ronnie was like my favorite um sky's on my facebook he comments on my post sometimes um okay but i don't know yeah yeah so i mean i don't know i would really like to bend their ears and stuff because it was a movie to me that and maybe like i said i got brain damage dominic uh i'm not going to rule that out um but it's made me interested and it made me laugh like out loud like crazy and i made uh, rusty watch this with me uh when i was going through that divorce uh i got kicked out and had to go live with him for a month and I said, hey watch this movie and uh I remember just seeing his face in disgust. He couldn't even get through it. He's like, I don't understand it. This is stupid.
1: He said, this is how you thank me for letting yeah, you <laughs> exactly. stay here. I go, how can y'all
0: not see how brilliant this is? I got some friends that love it and think it's the greatest thing. Uh, and I got some friends that just, you know, scratch their head and say, why, why, why did you want me to watch this? I don't understand it. Do you hate me? Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I see it as brilliant. And it, I guess it just takes a lot to move me. And I watch a lot of indie films, Dominic. And I'm going to tell you, like, 98% of them are, like, bad, bad, bad. Like, hard to get through. Um, so, to me, on this one, it was a success. And, yeah, I've seen another one, too, called Pieces of Talent. It's not a comedy like this one. But it's, like, I don't get intimidated too much by, uh, you know, indie movies, you know, you know on my level. But um, there's just only been a handful of them that just have totally kind blown me away. And that, that I consider one of them
1: folks i should mention for those of you who aren't familiar billy is a filmmaker he made a short film Dollboy, which i was in and a feature film circus of the dead which i was not in and he's got some things on the burner now and uh, he's appeared in a couple other people's things as well billy i absolutely hated this movie
0: this oh. movie was tra-
1: traumatizing, traumatizing for me. <laughs> as I was watching it, I s- kept saying to myself, "Is this a horror movie?" Uh, yeah, yeah, people are getting strangled, but is it a horror movie? And I mean, it's been described as one. But then I thought, well, it is certainly making me feel uneasy and uncomfortable. Okay. So I guess that makes it a horror movie, or it's at least a discomfort movie. Is that a <laughs> is that a genre? Well, you know-
0: do you know you know tromaville right you know toxic avenger all that stuff right yeah
1: uh-huh.
0: it's like see yeah. to me those are tough watches to me because it's like even some of the um technical stuff isn't good you know the sound's not good or something's not in focus yeah. or something to me this one was like a modern good promo and that's why i dug it so much you know and i think that it was a
1: it was professionally filmed. Yes. It's hard to say, because of the style of acting, it's hard to say if it was actually good or not. Mm-hmm. They, they did what they were required to do. Whether any of these actors are capable of doing anything other than that, I have no idea.
0: I don't know that I could do anything other than that. I think that's about my style too.
1: Yeah, They did what the director wanted them to do, clearly.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So... I gotta
0: I gotta meet this director. There's that. Dominic, before I die, I gotta meet this guy and
1: talk to him. My review of this movie was that this was as if an alien had heard humans described to him, but had never actually met anything or understood I dig that. Anything That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. ...about why they do what they do. Didn't really have yeah. any firsthand knowledge of human interaction... And human motivation. Because I don't understand the motivations of anybody in this movie, certainly uh-huh. not Janet. I don't understand why she goes back and forth between the two guys and why she oh. is so cruel. Why she's so cruel to Braden, and then goes back with him. I don't understand why Brayden wants anything to do with her do with or his father. They're,
0: back, yeah.
1: they're just three insane people who are mean to each other and mm. or Brayden allows the people to be mean to him. Uh, mm-hmm, it's, walk all over. I don't, I don't get it. If the goal of art is to make you feel something, it certainly made me feel something. So I guess the director achieved his goal. I think it had the effect on me. He wanted it to have, but yeah. I question his desire to make people feel those things. I think it's sociopathic to make this movie. <laughs> It was, it was thoroughly unpleasant from beginning to end. Thoroughly yep. unpleasant. I, and I yep. watch a lot of brutal horror movies, but I still enjoy them. And I cannot right. say that I enjoyed this in any way. I do not recommend that anybody watch it.
0: It will,
1: sc- it will scar you for life. <laughs> well,
0: I, I see it as this is like, is, is like that is like, that's, Real life in that it's like I see he become what his father was, I see that that this, the thing that his dad did. It's like I've had dad issues and shit too. Now I mean my life's not easy, stranger by any means, but um I get it. You know what I mean? I get this thing like that. And then no matter how you you how hard you try, you end up becoming your father in a sense. So I mean, there to me is there's something real in it, but boy, is it camouflage with the silly over the top, you know perverse movie and it's like i guess that's where i fell in love with it at is it's just it's candy coated with um glass to feed the candy or to feed the kids you know it's like so disguised in there that just to me it was just man i don't know it's just, it's one of my favorite movies i've seen in the past couple of years and i well, guess that's, I, think that's sad
1: <laughs> I, I, I do uh i'm not trying to brag or anything but i have a very nice relationship with my father. And mm-hmm. so I did not relate to this movie on that level at all. Uh Ronnie is certainly one of the worst fathers ever portrayed on film. Ever, film,
0: ever. I mean, yeah. he's a
1: serial killer. He's a serial killer.
0: Serial killer. And, yeah, you're right.
1: and he turned, eventually turns his son into a serial killer. So he's, he's terrible.
0: Follow with me on this. Cause you're a creative type, you know, you're up there. Um And you're, you know, you're an actor, writer too to in Playboy. But <laughs> if like say we're we're stuck somewhere and somebody goes, "Okay,
1: are you wait, you know are you saying you? I'm a smoothie?"
0: "Yeah, you're a big smoothie. <laughs> big Dominic. <laughs> Don't be a bullshit artist. And listen, I think you could take that movie. I could take that movie and make a serious and scary movie out of that premise. Like I think you could make a serious, scary horror movie out of that script. And it'd be completely different than what you've seen on camera or what you've seen on that one. That's why I dug it, too. As I said, there's still a story in there to me. It's like the greasy strangler would be cool if he wasn't. You know, you change it up a little bit, make it not funny. But I think there's a great scary story there, too, that could be redone if I had to. (laughs) Okay. You don't think that?
1: I mean, serial killers are certainly scary. A guy who covers himself with grease first.
0: But it's his dad. Well, I mean, just how you figure the a oh. killer. Maybe he uses a grease gun and pumps it into somebody's ear. You mean the
1: you mean Packed the up. part about the the idea that your father's a serial killer? That's considered Yeah, well, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that could that could be a you can make a good movie with that premise. Yeah,
0: with the son on there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like there is there was a good movie there, but for them to take it to that wacky level, are they brilliant or were they on drugs? There's something that had to push it to that point, yeah. and that's what that's what interests me is like where did it come from?
1: mm mm-hmm. Uh, it came from deep rooted childhood trauma, and a questionable sense of taste.
0: It's yeah. I think the guy was hit really bad with trauma. I do. hundred percent agree with that too, and bad taste. But that sums it up in a nutshell.
1: Oof. So, Billy, how many out of five pumpkins do you give the Greasy Strangler?
0: Oh, you're gonna hate me. I judge it because it's indie, but I still say four pumpkins.
1: Four. Four pumpkins in my up head. Did you even give it a? It pumpkin? seems that I, I get well, I rated it on uh, what do you call it, letterboxed, and uh, apparently I gave it two for some reason. Maybe just because really? okay. it was well done. Well, two means I didn't like it, yeah, but I one means I hated it, two means I didn't like it. Um, yeah. I don't, I guess maybe it was just so impactful I couldn't just give it a one. Yeah. I did like the music. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed I the music.
0: Was, yeah, I mean, it had that same appeal as Napoleon, but except it was perverse. Whereas Napoleon didn't uh, have any puppets in it. Just I felt like it was like you said, the same kind of humor, except it was cranked up. Because I don't do the Jeff Dunham stuff. Like people talking mm-hmm. about that, I kill you puppets. I don't get it, Dominic. I sit there and look at it like I'm disgusted and horrified with that kind of stuff. So humor is either one or other side of the track, and some of us go down the middle, you know. But I guess I just don't get that kind of stuff. So it takes something over the top to make me laugh, like a diseased, uncircumcised penis.
1: I don't think your choices are either Greasy Strangler or Jeff Dunham. I don't care for Jeff Dunham either. <laughs> I, I suspect he might be a racist.
0: Yeah, I suspect that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not saying that anywhere.
1: I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> <He, laughs> let me. I'm going to go on a well. I'm going to go on a sidebar here for a moment. Yeah. There's a there's a principle in comedy that you can do an appropriate. Say inappropriate things as long as there's a straight man there to object, yeah. somebody to go, "Hey, now, hold on, that's not right. You shouldn't say that." Yeah, which is what he does with his, uh, but in his in his case, he's doing both parts because he's a ventriloquist.
0: Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But he's got the old man who says a bunch of inappropriate old man things, and he's got the dead terrorist who is somehow become a hero to
0: people. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah.
1: People love that dead terrorist, but I think there's um, some racism in the creation of that character. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just the desire to make the jokes that the old man makes, even if you're there to object to them and point out how inappropriate they are, that's not coming from nowhere. Those thoughts are in him Somewhere, and he feels the need to share those with people. <laughs> I see what so, you're saying. Yeah, so well, it's a tough I, line
0: I, to work. I mean, even Circus of the Dead had some things in it too. And I know the distributor that I got that put it out. Like they just put a, a version on YouTube, and I noticed it the other day that it's an hour thirty, even though the uh, the movie's an hour forty five. So they must have cut some stuff. And I guarantee it's the thing that people do, you know, those racist comments that would come out of popcorn's mouth and stuff like that. Um, right. And I got you know Dominic. I've been pushing this movie forever since the dead, and I hear everything. And some people come to talk to me, and there's I've got you know white friends, you know, say maybe white you know weird friends that you know say, well, I mean, the only part that scared me was when she the, the interracial thing screwed them up in the head. It's like we're still living in the Stone Ages with that stuff, you know, and it's like sad.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's I also sometimes watching a movie. And one of the characters will say something that's kind of racist or kind of sexist. And then you go, oh, oh. wait a minute. He's the bad guy. This oh, character is the bad goes, guy yeah. who's saying these things. So why should I be? He just killed a bunch of people, but I'm shocked that he said, well, something. He said racist. something
0: bad. Yeah. 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 Isn't that yeah. crazy? But they root for the bad guy too now. That's the coolest role in a yeah. movie, usually, is the bad guy. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, context. context does matter. But I, I think Jeff Dunham might be a racist. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you might be a racist if your name is Jeff Dunham. I'll tell you this, yes. though, is like, go back to Greasy and Strangler and all this stuff is, though, you know what, Jeff Dunham, do your thing. You know, do what you got to do. If it's deemed something or if it goes something over the top, then let it befall what he, you know, reap what he's sown. But, um, you know, do your art, man. It's like, that's what I say, do your art. We have a, uh, we can watch it or not watch it. You know, if it's publicly pushed in your face, then that's not cool. But, uh, you know, what you... You know what I'm saying? Like, some of those movies don't mm-hmm. stretch well either these days from the 80s or the 70s. And you watch those now, <laughs> you think, wow, they're pulling those off the shelf left and right now because of what they said, you know? But mm-hmm. I don't know where it is, though. It's, it's tough. I'm writing a uh, Western movie now, and there's a lot of that stuff in there, too. But um, I think if I just redeem them, I don't I don't belittle anything. I belittle, My main characters, I like to write with, like, the flaws and the weaknesses and the you know, the issues and stuff like that, you know, that's what I try to do. But it's like you said, the, you know, that's the better Rose, the bad guy, the uh, alcoholic or the, uh, uh, you know, mentally challenged person or something. That's where the coolest Rose and stuff is with these, these things, you know, or the racist or whatever. What do you do though? Do you stop making those kind of moves? You know, do you show people how it was? I don't know. It's just,
1: Well, I think that just goes back to what I said about, about context. Context is important. Yeah. We get to that with um,
0: bullshit artists and we're talking about racism and stuff.
1: (laughs) So Billy, I do want to, I don't want a full review. Yeah. uh, Because I'm saving this for our last episode of this 31 days of horror. Okay. But you're my only guest who's like really, really into horror. So I just want a quick thumbs up or thumbs down on Halloween ends.
0: If you push me to just one of those two and not in the middle, I'd take things down.
1: The, okay. Oh, you might be inclined to give it a thumbs in between?
0: Yeah, because I would like a second watching and I haven't watched it a second mm-hmm. time. Maybe I was just, my mind was somewhere else and just to give it another shot.
1: uh uh-huh. First viewing
0: on it, it, just, it, just give me what I want. Give me want. It okay. wasn't, yeah, I don't know if you've seen it. Yet.
1: No, I've watched I've watched it already.
0: Okay. So you know what I'm saying? It takes
1: uh, Honeybee and I are doing it for our final well, have you episode heard, of this 31 see, Days of Horror. I'm sorry, you're seen, cutting out a little
0: bit. I'm sorry. Have you seen uh, what Terrifier 2 has been doing, this indie film?
1: No, I, have, I haven't seen number one. I've seen people talking about number two.
0: Well, I'll tell you what you're going to say, because I, I mean, I know you too. It's like, it's it's. I guess, Dominic, I feel like I see blueprints and stuff and how to succeed and stuff like that. They put in so much kill count. In part two, it's like kind of what I wanted for, you know, Halloween. It's like kind of weird. It's like this indie film got it right and they kind of got it wrong because they kind of got a little too big for their mentality or something. So it's like, it's a funny thing. But for Terrifier to do what they just did, like they're up to $3 million. Now, Dominic, you're talking about somebody that lost his ass on his movie, Billy Pond. But um, how they did that is it's just I applaud them. I know I can smoke them. But I got to get to that uh-huh. point. To do that, I got to get back out there and swing for the fences again. But I applaud those guys for what they did. Shit, they they brought it. They brought the gore and you know the kills. You know, I was a little lost on their story and stuff. But was I entertained, <laughs> Russell Crowe? Yes.
1: Are you not uh, Halloween, entertained?
0: And on the other Halloween, I don't know that
1: I was. I just want to remind you: in the original Halloween, he kills three mm-hmm. people,
0: four, four if you, you count
1: the one, four if you count the ones that were killed off.
0: Screen. I will five. remind you that that was 1978. Now, I will tell you yes. this too. My favorite Halloween movie is the first one. All right. And I think that's the equivalent blueprint to a perfect slasher.
1: But we don't mm. live in the
0: 70s anymore. And we better, you do know, you right. better bring your bigger bat. We, we live in a time where we accidentally click a link and see an American soldier get his head cut off. We live in a right. crappy ass time, you know, where an orange dictator, you know, does what he does and stuff too. And we live in a shit time, Dominic. So it's like we—it takes a little bit more to get the motors going these days. To me, and I think Terrifier got that going, and it still made you laugh, and it had the kills. It was just—it was fun, and I think that's why they succeed, succeeded, and I, that's why I think now I say that. And Halloween Ends uh, did forty-two million in one weekend. So I mean, I guess they're laughing all the way to the bank compared to Terrifier <laughs> yeah. guys. but. For what they yeah. did, that's they, they, awesome for them. I'm proud of those guys because it gives me hope, Dominic, to try again. You know what I mean? Try again, Billy, and right. see what you got. You know.
1: Uh, well, I will see if I can find the first Terrifier, and then yeah, well, we got to discuss Give the yeah, second yeah. one a look when I have a chance.
0: Well, we'll do that. Let's well, catch, next time we catch up. We'll be over those two movies. Okay.
1: Uh, anything else you want to add before we go? Oh, the Haunt. Mm-hmm. Tell the folks about the Haunt.
0: All the haunt we opened the haunt if out you're in here. the West
1: Texas area,
0: yeah, uh, Odessa, Texas. We have a uh, bloodybill.com. Go there and check out. I got a new haunted house out here called Chainsaw Carnage. Bunch of rednecks, rodeo clowns, stuff like that. Um, we're doing a big outdoor maze, uh, probably about five thousand square feet. Um, and then next year, we're getting our sprinkler systems installed in our big giant eight thousand square feet building, and we're gonna have a two brand new haunts in here next year this time. Fingers crossed.
1: Is this the 25th anniversary or next year? No, next year. Next year. Okay.
0: So I You, it, big, big I got, stuff you know, that. Dominic, it's like, if I have to take my shoes off and count all this, I may be wrong, um, but I think it's next year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I knew I'd read it somewhere and I couldn't remember if they were talking about what you were going to do the next year or what was happening this year.
0: Well, as bad as I was in the past when you knew me, that chemo man gave me some chemo brain and I'm even I'm even <laughs> more out of it than I was back then, buddy. So... Good luck uh, understanding me. That's why I like Greasy Strangler. If you had chemo, <laughs> you would like I might baby. like it too. Yeah. <laughs> if you have, if you had mild brain damage like myself, you may love it as much as I do.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> that seems as good a place to wrap it up as any. Billy, thanks for joining me, folks. Be back here tomorrow for another in our thirty-one days of horror. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. Whatever you do, do not misuse science. I will not see you, but you will hear me next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. ¡No!